guys, welcome to How to Be Me Again, the podcast where we are learning about uh, how to take care of ourselves because we don't know how. Um, you might notice that I'm by myself this week. Uh, I'm doing a solo episode. Uh, Maddie and I have, uh, Maddie was sick for a couple weeks and we, our schedules have been changing quite a bit with all the other stuff we've got going on in our lives. So I thought, I can't leave you guys hanging because I know you're so on the edge of your seats to see how my emotional journey is going. (laughs) Um, So I thought I'd just hop on quickly, do a short little episode by myself to kind of give you an update on where I'm at. And then next week, uh, Maddie and I should be uh, back together again to uh, record an episode together where I think we'll we'll kind of wrap up her emotional side and we'll start going on to um, our next experiment because it's been a while and I think, um, I mean, honestly, I haven't done quite as much of the emotional stuff as I was thinking that I would do. I was really thinking that this would be the week or the month for me to like have all these revelations and really delve into everything that um, I've been struggling with I think my whole life is how to figure out my emotions and how to make it all make sense to me and so I was kind of thinking okay great we're doing this emotional thing it's going to be for a month and I'm really going to delve into it and did a little bit. I mean, I definitely worked on it. Um, but I don't think I really had any massive revelations or maybe they just weren't the revelations that I was expecting to get. So in some way, I think that they kind of don't exist because it wasn't what I was expecting, which is completely counterintuitive and not at all what this whole podcast and project is about. But I think the biggest thing that I realized was, honestly, it's I think Maddie hit it, hit the nail on the head in the very first episode that we had about the emotional stuff. And that was over intellectualizing everything. And I realized that I think so much about how I'm feeling that I don't even let myself feel the feelings. And I realized that that is such a it's something that's in, um, ingrained in us from such a young age. And I think especially for me growing up as a highly sensitive person that nobody really understood what, where my emotions were coming from or what they were connected to. So people asked me a lot of questions about it all the time. And I have always felt like I needed to have an answer for why I feel the way that I feel in that moment which is usually pretty hard to do for anybody, I think, especially highly sensitive people, because we've got so much going on. And I think that, yeah, I just, I think that all I've done my whole life is try to explain to other people and to myself what's going on, you know? Why do I feel the way I feel? Why am I reacting the way I'm reacting? Because my emotions are quote unquote uncontrollable. So I think maybe that's my biggest takeaway from all of this. And I think I've actively tried over the last couple of weeks to not think too much and to just let myself feel whatever I'm feeling in that moment, which is really hard when you're living a life 
around other people. You know, it's it's one thing to do that when you're completely isolated and on your own and um, you can talk to yourself and say, OK, just chill and just have a little cry or just get really angry and yell at the top of your lungs. But when you live in a house with other people, you know, and you or you're at work or something where you're around other people, you still feel like you would have to explain what's going on or have some kind of, there's there's an outside world there that is trying to interact with what you're feeling. And you have to make it work somehow. So I think that's where I kind of struggled a little bit um, in dealing with like arguments with my husband, for example. Like I, I could control my side of it, but I can't, um, like if I was sitting there crying or upset or whatever, I, I did kind of owe him an explanation you know, I, I would have to kind of talk to him about it and he would try to make me feel better when really all I needed was just, just get it out of my system and move on kind of thing. So I think that's a bit tricky, but it definitely does help for me to know what I need in that moment. And even if that, what I need is literally just feeling the feelings and and giving myself the time or allowing myself to feel it and move on from it and not dwell on it because that's a big one too where sometimes those feelings are meant to just be felt in the moment and don't mean something more like what if stuff doesn't mean that much you know I think that's part of for me um in the last few weeks kind of what I've been going through is is, um, you know, I think a little bit of burnout of like working on myself and having everything be significant, including all of my small activities and hobbies and everything having some kind of weight to it or me having to do some kind of work associated with it. And I think that um, like my my best friend from when I was growing up, I mean, we've been best friends for like, I don't know, 20-something years. It's been a long time. 24 years or something like that. Uh, We started a podcast um, a few weeks ago, too, just because I missed talking to her. And I was like, let's just do something fun. And every week we talk about um, the origin of something else. And if this was not meant to be an advertisement, but if you want to go give it a listen, it's called Or Something with Kristen and Carla. Um, and you should be able to find it in all the places. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's it's pure fun and it's pure, you know, every week I get excited about, okay, what top- topic am I going to do and what topic is she doing? Like, I can't wait to find out, you know, what she's going to talk about. And half the episode is us just like laughing and making fun of each other over like dumb, stupid things. And I could care less if anybody listens to it. That being said, please go listen to it because it's pretty funny. But (laughs) like, I really don't. There's no ulterior motive there. There's no having to work on myself. There's no reporting about anything. There's no, um, it has actually nothing to do with me. It's about, you know, doing a little bit of research and chatting about something, having a good laugh and then, okay, see you next week kind of thing, which is really something that I've found so refreshing. And I didn't really realize that 
um, that I would find it so refreshing and that I think that I needed something outside of myself, completely outside of myself, to feel like I had a purpose and feel like I have something driving me forward um, in a really positive way. And I just kind of think that that's, I mean, I think that that's the ticket to life in a way, is that we need something that's propelling us forward and something that gives us purpose, but it doesn't necessarily have to be too much purpose so that, I don't know. Actually, I don't really know where I'm going with that. Um, something that I, I saw a few weeks ago, actually, that really resonated with me, especially with the, the whole emotional side of things, was um, this post on, I think it was on Elephant Journal on Instagram, which is a great account. There's all kinds of people, um, writers on there. Um, so they, they're always posting uh, links to the different articles that the people that go through their program, I think. I don't totally know how it works, but I would give them a follow. It's really good. I find a lot of um, really deep kind of inspirational stuff on there. But somebody had posted something about how they, um, I think it was actually a quote from a movie that perks of being a wallflower, which I haven't watched yet. So it's funny that I would be sharing a quote from it, but it really resonated with me. And it was something along the lines of, um, I'm, I'm feeling happy and I'm feeling sad. Like my whole life I felt happy and I felt sad and I've had to, um, come to terms. Like the, the, the biggest struggle I've had is coming to terms with that and how to explain it. And that is like a really butchered, (laughs) um, I butchered that quote so badly. And you'd think that I would have this up on my phone, uh, ready to share with you guys, but I did not. (laughs) So too bad. (laughs) This is the high quality um, podcast we've all come to know and love. I'm super prepared. Um, But anyway, that whole... um, that whole idea hit me so hard where it's the idea that you could be feeling two things at the same time and always, always being pulled between different emotions and always being pulled and having to figure out how to make that work in your life. You know, a a good friend of mine, we quite often talk about how, you know, we'll say, why can't we just be happy? you know, my life is really good and all of this stuff is going for me and I have these moments of joy and these moments of happiness and gratitude and all of these positive things, but I feel like I'm always just kind of sad and I've always got this, like, there's always this darkness that's kind of following me through all of those moments. And I think, I don't know if everybody has that and some people just aren't aware because they're not as in touch with that side of them or if if not everybody has that and it just so happens that I do and I have <coughs> excuse me and I've gravitated towards people who also share that side because we can uh, relate to each other and definitely we can like make dark jokes and you know all the dark things but um it's been something that I've always really struggled with is having these two sides of me and definitely more than two sides, but 
but too clear, you know, light and dark if we want to separate that and each each side has you know a multitude of different emotions and different um, layers and all that kind of stuff but if we wanted to really simplify it and just bring it down to dark and light you know it's it's the idea in um, I found something somewhere that said uh, it was with that quote that it was connected to Buddhism and that um the Buddha said, in Buddhism, they say that it's you, that's the ideal, is that you're able to feel the the opposing feelings and truly feel them all. Like, the, it's the idea that, like, that's the perfect mixture, that you should, that is, like, where you want to be in life, to be able to feel them all and appreciate them all, but still be moving forward in life, you know? And I found that really interesting that instead of living our lives in the way where we're shunning these emotions and we're pushing them down and we're trying to figure them out and we're, we're um, you know, rationalizing them, intellectualizing them, ashamed of them, you know, like almost shaming ourselves for feeling that way. Like the amount of times I've done that where I've been at you know some great place surrounded by my friends and family and everybody's happy and whatever and it's just I just feel down and I just feel um dark or worn out or tired or whatever it is that's not letting me enjoy what's happening and then I feel such shame from that and such guilt and such I beat myself up so much for feeling that way but imagine if I hadn't if I had just embraced it and just felt like that's oh okay I'm having a bit of a moment right now feel it get through it you know acknowledge it and recognize it without any judgment or anything else there and then get back to feeling the other stuff too you know I think it's like a lot of people, when I was looking up stuff about this um, this idea in Buddhism, because it really fascinated me and it kind of made me f- feel like safe and warm where it's like, yeah, I feel that way too. And oh, it's okay to embrace all of them and feel them fully. And that's what we should be doing is just feel all your feelings when they're coming and, and don't try to bring anything else into it. That's a really like bastardized way of saying all the things that I read, but too bad that's how I'm interpreting it so (laughs) if you want to tell me differently you can definitely do that send me a message um in Instagram we're at how to me how to be me again um and I would love to hear from you because that would be if you could explain it in a in a better way that would be fantastic um but yeah the idea of happy and sad at the same time oh that's right they're there are a lot of um, examples when people talk about this concept in Buddhism about, you know, feeling emotions and feeling them fully. And um, a lot of people talk about grief, where somebody who's grieving feels like they should be sad all the time or that they should be really depressed. And then they struggle when they feel positive emotions and that they're still living their lives and that it's okay to feel happiness and to feel joy and all of those kinds of things, it doesn't mean that you're not still grieving. 
but it means that like you still have to acknowledge all of your feelings. So it kind of goes the opposite way too. It's not just when the darkness creeps in that you have to acknowledge it. It's also if you're in a dark place, like being happy for a moment doesn't take away from the grief that you're also feeling, you know? And I think that with humans, we put so much, um, we, we just judge so much. We judge ourselves. We judge other people. We're worried about how we're going to be viewed by other people. Like I know for me, when my dog died, it was very like, I was very aware um, of how other people were viewing me. And I was very, like, I almost felt like I had to prove how sad I was. Like, oh, yeah, I was crying so hard. Or, oh, yeah, it was terrible. Or, you know, when people would ask me how I was doing, I'd be like, I'm okay, actually. You know, because in that moment, I was okay. And I was fine. And then I'd feel guilty about it where I'm like, oh, I should maybe be a bit more dramatic or say something different or should I be crying more should I be crying less like when is it coming and all this kind of stuff and it's like I think with grief we can it's it's a specific event that that starts it right and so it's it's a bit more of a clear thing that we can study in a way that sounds really um uh, like kind of distant feeling but I feel like it's it's something that you can I can clearly look okay you know my dog died on this day and you know the first few weeks I was like this and then I was like that but there aren't very many other emotions or other emotional processes that we we have we can have that clear timeline with it you know so I think grief is an easy one to kind of look at in that sense and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to look a certain way and act a certain way. And I don't think, I mean, I know there's a lot, of, a lot of literature out there and a lot of people that do study grief and all that kind of stuff. But I also think like our emotions are such personal things, you know, and I think because we don't just allow it to happen and allow people to feel the way they need to feel, we need to explain everything all the time that... Um, that it's hard for us to actually feel those things. And, oh, I had a point there and I totally forgot it. Oh my gosh, I'm totally keeping up with my, my, um, my streak of forgetting something in every single episode. Maybe it's just the pressure of podcasting. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I'd love to be able to blame Maddie for me forgetting stuff all the time, but obviously can't be done. <laughs> um... Yeah, I think that that's basically the one thing that I really wanted to talk about was the whole dichotomy of having two opposing emotions there. Um, I started working on my uh, highly sensitive per person, my HSP workbook, which I bought quite a while ago and I haven't looked at it and I haven't worked on it very much, which I think is kind of telling in its own. I think I'm kind of avoiding it. But I, I, not out of any kind of negative thing, but I think that I'm avoiding, or maybe I think like deep down it's not necessary to do because for me it was such a huge, um, a huge thing in my life to even learn that HSP was a thing, like a highly sensitive person. There's a, 
label for it. That's what I am. You know, it was so huge for me to find that and to learn that that was what I was and that it was okay. So highly sensitive people are people who generally feel emotions at a higher level. Um, We have a hard time being around other people and not picking up on their emotions. I mean, in a lot of ways, I I think it's kind of my superpower and my biggest weakness all wrapped up into one. Because in certain situations, in all of my work situations, with all my interpersonal situations, I can pick up, like I'm very quick, I'm very, I can pick up on what's happening around me very quickly. I can pick up on other people's emotions and I can relate to them and empathize with them very easily. And that has served me very well. And it's uh, there are traits about myself that I love so much and I think make me a very unique um, person. But then the flip side is that I get overwhelmed very easily. I feel everything a lot because when we, if you're a highly sensitive person, it's um, Elaine Aaron is the person that kind of coined the term and she's um, written a bunch of books about it. I'm sure she's not the only person, but I think she was the first person that kind of um, started talking about this and researching it and all that kind of stuff. But she talks about the um, depth of processing that highly sensitive people do. So for me, when I'm in any situation, I have a very hard time tuning things out. And it's not just that I notice them, but I will actually, my brain will actually be processing what's happening with every single, if I'm in a group of 10 people, I'm processing all of the small little things that are happening with all those 10 people while I'm also listening to the one person that's talking and being able to like um like keep that conversation going and you know that type of thing and also paying attention to how I am and how I'm acting and reacting and all those kinds of things so it's a lot to take in and I think some other people who maybe aren't as aren't highly sensitive or aren't as highly sensitive can be standing in that same group and like not notice that like half of the stuff that's going on and it for me as a kid it always frustrated me so much because I'd be like oh my gosh did you see that that's like that person touched that other person's hand and obviously there's something happening there and blah 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 blah. and then that other person said this other thing like I'd be saying all this stuff and nobody they were like what are you talking about I didn't notice that so And because they didn't notice it, I just, I always assumed I was wrong. I always assumed, oh, maybe I didn't really see or like, I either assumed I was wrong or I assumed I was like super right. There was no real in between because I didn't understand that other people didn't see things the way that I did. And so a lot of times I think I erred on the side of, I was going to say erred on the side of caution. That's not right. That's not the right phrase at all. I um, tended to be um, hard on myself and I, I tended towards thinking that I was the one that was wrong all the time because I, was, I didn't have anybody, there was nobody in my family that was highly sensitive, I didn't have friends that were highly sensitive, like I felt like I was kind of a freak and kind of different and didn't know why and I thought I just needed to change. So all, my entire life, I just tried to 
change who I was, basically, and stop feeling the emotions that I felt and stop, definitely stop talking about them if you have them, (laughs) you know, and um, I think in my adult life, it's been the biggest thing is me trying to undo all of, like, you know, a lifetime of um, ignoring or trying to stop the way I was feeling. So now I'm very much like if somebody says to me that I'm like overreacting or um, I don't know if somebody kind of like kind of downplays emotional stuff, which people do all the time, even like the, you know, it's not just my friends, family, whatever. It's everybody, even, you know, at a grocery store, like the the checkout person or whatever, like people, it is so if you start paying attention to the way that people talk about emotions and people who are being emotional, it's an interesting kind of social experiment to see the way that the even the subtle ways that people talk about it. It's the same subtle ways that people talk about women, you know, in derogatory ways or that people talk about um, like people of color or minorities, cultural minorities or whatever it is. Like it's so casual and it's so almost hidden that for the people that it doesn't affect, you wouldn't even notice it. So I kind of challenge everybody to, if if you're not a highly sensitive person, it's fine. But if you've got people in your life that that maybe are like that, um, maybe just kind of be a bit more aware of it. Or if you don't know anybody like that and you're definitely not like that, that's totally fine. I mean, we all have emotions. We all deal with it. But I would just challenge you to kind of try to pay attention to how you talk about emotions and how you judge other people for being emotional if you're not one of those emotional people, outwardly emotional people. And then I think it's the question, too, of the flip side of that is if you're not super emotional and you're not showing your emotions, is there something else there? You know, are you intentionally not showing your emotions because you think it makes you weak? Are you, do you feel like your emotions will take control so you have to control them? You know, like, I think it's just, that's the whole point of this experiment is to just kind of question and become aware and, and start thinking about how these things affect us and how they affect the people around us and how we can do better for ourselves. And by doing better for ourselves, we'll ultimately do better for other people as well. Um, Yeah. I don't know if I finished my whole highly sensitive person thing. I think um, I I will do the workbook at some point. I'm not trying to say that it's that I've learned everything I need to learn about it or anything like that. I just think that I had that initial thing of being so excited that there were people like me and there was a name for someone like me. And like the first, you know, few paragraphs of the book are like, if this is how you feel like you're not alone that's normal like that you're not different and you're not weird and you're not you know you're not a freak for how you feel and just even reading that I was like oh my gosh it was like such a huge weight off of my shoulders that I'm still kind of reveling in that idea of like hey there's a name for me which I never thought I would want to, I've I've always been so against labels and all that kind of stuff, but it's kind of nice belonging to a group and it's kind of nice knowing that I'm not alone and that I'm not unusual. You know, there are other people like me. I mean, it's only like 20% of the population, so there aren't that many other people like me, but we exist. (laughs) We're out there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, 
so I would encourage anybody to, if you think that you're um, highly sensitive, I mean, look up Elaine Aaron, um, highly sensitive person. There's all kinds of stuff out there. Uh, there's all kinds of free resources as well. Um, I think there's some YouTube videos and all kinds of stuff. Um, so it's worth a look if if it's something that you've kind of been struggling with um, or you know somebody in your life. I know both of my siblings have children that are like they each have one child that is highly sensitive. And that's been something that we've um, has kind of helped them to understand me a little bit more and they've each individually come to me and asked me for advice about how to deal with their children who are like how do you talk to somebody who is highly sensitive how do you give them what they need um and all that kind of stuff so even if you're not highly sensitive yourself it's possible that there are people out there that are and I know that they've got workbooks for children um and stuff like that as well that could be really useful um I mean, if I had had that as a child, I think, I mean, I had a great life, but I think it would have been, I wouldn't have had to do quite so much work as an adult and build my confidence up quite as much as I had to uh, if my parents had um, kind of been aware of the idea that a highly sensitive person is a thing and that there's a different way to talk to us and a different way to help us and we just need a little bit different stuff just like anybody would you know like we're all different personalities and we all need to be handled differently all right I'm going to cut it off there because I think I'm just rambling at this point um but thank you for joining me and next week Maddie will be back so not to worry it won't just be me stumbling over all my words um yeah and check out the resources check out our Instagram page I still haven't posted anything on it but don't tell anybody just go and follow us okay just do it I'm going to just hard pressure everybody at the end of the episodes. (laughs) All right. Talk to you next week, guys. Bye.